Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, uh, the show where those of us from Level Up get some friends and we pick a topic that we want to discuss and talk about it. It's a pretty simple premise for a show. Uh, this week's topic, we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, uh, kind of what we hope to see from the sequel here. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, and joining me this week... I'm Morgan. I have cosplayed with Level Up for a few years now. Um, I've been a judge at some of the events. I am also a very big Legend of Zelda fan. I've done a uh, Link costume and some other... I have some other Link costumes up my sleeve as well, so I'm a big fan. And I am Sean, uh, one of the owners of Level Up Entertainment. You may recognize me from Level Up Entertainment, uh, but I haven't been there in a while, and I'm really excited to talk about Zelda because it is probably the video game series that got me interested in video games in the first place, uh, and it's one of the very few things that I collect stuff from. So I have, I have lots of thoughts and opinions. I know, and that's why I chose both of you guys to join me for this conversation. Um, so I guess that'll start us in. So ultimately, the goal of this episode is to talk about speculation on Breath of the Wild 2 and what we'd like to see from it. But I'd like to give a little bit of context for uh, listeners about our history with the Zelda franchise. Um, my first Zelda game that I owned was probably, I think, was Ocarina of Time. Um, my f I had friends growing up that had it for NES and SNES. I'd played at their house, but I wasn't really into it. And then I saw Ocarina of Time and it just blew my mind. And I think that's, it might be the game I've beaten the most in the history of my, my history of playing video games. I've beaten it, I had to beat it at least 10 times back when it was like relevant. Um, and I've played it since then. But um, since then I just got the bug for it. And it's, I think it's become my favorite Zelda series. It's the one I collect all the releases for. Um, I have all of them except for the CDI games, which uh, I don't count. Uh, one, because they're not on Zelda consoles and two, because they're prohibitively expensive and bad. So I, I, that's my history with the Zelda franchise. Uh, Morgan, what's your history with it? Um, the first Legend of Zelda game I played was the first one on the NES because my, my dad had an NES and that's kind of solely what I played until the GameCube came out. Um, so I wasn't really into them on that console either. I used to get to the first cave in the first game with the flying eyeballs and then I got scared and I kind of quit almost every single time. And then um, I had friends who had uh, Nintendo 64s and I had played Ocarina of Time kind of on and off with them and I really liked it. And then it wasn't until uh, Wind Waker came out on the GameCube that I actually like fell in love with the franchise. And then I, I've gone back and played all the older ones since. So well, that's good, Sean. How about you? Man, I'm the old guy here. So <laughs> I only got uh, me by a couple of years. It's not a few, yeah, I got you. It's not too bad, but but I was gonna say I, my first game was definitely the Legend of Zelda on the NES, and I, I'll never forget uh, playing that at a friend's house before I owned it, because uh, I had a couple of friends in the neighborhood. I could like walk to their house, and they hadn't. NES games. And that was always the game that I would put in. And you know how it had uh, the save files. It had three files. Like I had at least a save file on two other cartridges uh, around the neighborhood because you just go and, and pick up where you left off. Uh, or at least I would. And that game was that and Metroid were the two NES games that really like sparked my imagination of like, what a video game could be. Uh, especially with Zelda. And, and the series is kind of always 
captured my attention in that way. And it's always been this really imaginative exploration uh, fantasy world. I don't know. It's 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 the games that feel like the closest to the original Zelda games are always my favorite in the series. But uh, beyond that, I would say like it's the only like I said the only series I collect. Um, I have almost every single release except for the CDI games. I have multiple releases of you know specific games like Ocarina of Time. You know, uh, two versions on the N sixty four three DS uh, digitally a couple times. You know, it's. Uh, and then all the systems they've done they've done so many legend of zelda systems uh where they do like very various levels of theming on them i try to collect all of those so yeah i've been a pretty big fan for a while yeah see the one the one zelda thing i don't collect the systems i i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. the, the systems always look pretty awesome but yeah. that's like the the line where you're like oh, i have like three three ds's already do i need to buy another one yeah, it's the reason I have multiple 3DSs, and uh, yeah. I drew. I stopped at the Wii U. I was like, I don't need another Wii U. <laughs> the Wind Waker Wii U release looked awesome, though. It was cool. It was I cool. I, listen, I wanted it, but I liked it. I will. I will say that the the Wii U one comparatively is one of the lamer ones. Yeah, it's just yeah. on the gamepad, and it's just like the Triforce and like some like symbols from it uh it's yeah. not like it's a gold wii u or oh if it had been gold no question i would own that yeah because yeah. it was black with the gold decal right like yeah. around the pad and the yeah yeah because some of the zelda yeah. ones like i said comparatively some of the zelda consoles i've been like <laughs> they're flashy yeah they're really cool yeah like i am jealous that you have some of the limited edition zelda stuff but <laughs> like i said i gotta draw the line somewhere i i oh, yeah, have yeah. my heart for like one version of each console Oh, like I said, I don't really, I don't collect a lot of things. Like, I don't have a big gaming collection. Uh, I, I've got, I've filtered through it over the years. But Zelda stuff is just, anything Zelda related, I hang on to. What would um, you two say your, um, the hardest, like, collector's item was to get for you both? Like, was it like a release item that was hard? Zelda related? Yeah. I would say the hardest thing I've got was like, it's got to be some of the Amiibo because they're just really hard to get in general um like the coolest thing i have is i've got the 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 like standee for when they re-released ocarina of time on 3ds but that wasn't hard because i just stole it from gamestop because yeah. it worked there um at the time but uh yeah probably not too hard i mean i guess i have a bit of an advantage for some of the like rare releases for the games and that i work in a used game store so stuff just eventually comes across my counter that's true. Yeah. And I'm kind of first to like be like, well, this isn't going on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? we've had we've had quite a few pristine uh, copies of like box copies of Zelda games come through in throughout the years that did not make yeah. it. Yeah, so that's a plus. Yeah, <laughs> like if, that's a nice advantage. Like if you dig around on our YouTube page and see some of our old commercials. Oh no, that's right. This one can't be on there because we used uh, copyrighted music. But we did an Indiana Jones <laughs> thing where he stole. Uh, a Zelda cartridge for the first game because it's gold out of a thing, huh. out of a pedestal that we had set up so it could like lower after we took it. But that was my copy of Zelda uh, for NES. Um, I, mine is, I have a, I, there is one very specific thing that comes to mind. Uh, I thought it was funny that you asked it that way too. Because then you said like a release. And I don't know if any of you, either of you remember, but when Ocarina of Time came out on the Nintendo 64, it had the gold cartridge, right? So there yeah. was the initial release, 
But it wasn't just the first release that was gold. It was the initial shipment had an allocation of gold cartridges in addition to gray cartridges. So you could buy one or the other, like right from the get-go. And I remember I had, I mean, I was such a big Zelda fan that I had pre-ordered that game and paid it off in full with my own money. And this was like, yeah, I was in high school then. So this was like 98 it released. Uh, I was so ready for this game and I had pre-ordered it with Wes upstairs at, at games <laughs> at EB games at the time. I say upstairs, like we're inside the mall. <laughs> in the store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A long upstairs. time ago. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I had pre-ordered it and paid it off and I was so excited. I, was, I, I mean, it was just such a big deal to go and pick up this game. And I got there and they were like, well, you can't have it uh, because we don't have enough for everybody. And you didn't pay in full. And I was, I remember to this day, um, it was one of the only times that I yelled at somebody in public, you know, like behind <laughs> the counter, because I had the receipt. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I did though. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, this is the so, only thing I've ever paid for in my entire life. <laughs> right. This is like, I didn't even have a driver's license at this point. I was so excited <laughs> about this. So I had to go home empty-handed because he just wouldn't give me a copy. He said they didn't have enough. And I, I remember I got home. I forget how I got there now that I think about it, but I told my mom. And uh, yeah, so this is the, the way the story ends. So my mom calls and yells at them. And they were like, well, no problem, because we see that he paid for it. And he can come in and get it. So we drove back out to the mall. Uh, I get the, the box. You know, it's the one with the foil on the cover. It's like kind of extra shiny. And to say sorry, they gave me a bag. It was like, um, I think it was supposed to be for pre-orders. And they only had a limited number of those, too. It was a gold Zelda bag. And I still have it. I should have dug it out. <laughs> That's awesome. A poster and like some, I forget, there was a couple of things, maybe some coupons or something in it. But uh, I held on to all of that because it was so triumphant that after being called no, I was like crushed and that soared back up. And That's it, great. It's funny. Never yeah, I think my first game I bought was also for N64. It was Super Smash Brothers. Nice. That was, um, oh, yeah. That which also has amazing. Zelda in it. So, <laughs> how about um, you, Morgan? What's your. your um, so, I was, I didn't buy a lot of things on release just because I was pretty young for a lot of the newer Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda games. Um, like I said, the first one I really jumped into was like Wind Waker. But I, I, <laughs> I was working at GameStop at the time Breath of the Wild came out. And I remember like waking up after they had announced the like legendary editions with the Master Sword thing. And I was like, I need that <laughs> and i remember i like went onto the GameStop website because i was like maybe i can pre-order as soon as i get into my shift at work and they were already gone and i was like no and i remember i i was at work and i was ringing people up and on my phone at the same time because i was a terrible employee <laughs> and i had been refreshing best buys page <laughs> all day because they were the only there. ones who had not listed theirs yet and i was like okay i have to get one and i remember i refreshed the page in the middle of like pinging a customer up and i saw it come up and i ran into the back room and i was like oh my manager i was like 
me to ring this person up because I need to do this now. And he was like, they can wait, they can wait. And he's standing over my shoulder as I'm like ordering it on my phone. And I remember like when it said my order was confirmed and I got the email and I'm like screaming and we kind of like realized like, oh, there's still like a customer out there. Very confused. <laughs> so I, I just like ran away. But um, so that was a really great thing. And then when I uh, when it was released and it was, you know, the same day as the switch, I dressed up as Link from Breath of the Wild at the midnight release at my store. And I was like so excited because I'm, I'm sitting there and I picked up my switch. And then I was like, okay, as soon as the midnight release is over, I'm going across the street to Best Buy <laughs> to go <laughs> pick up my Legendary Edition game. And I remember standing in line in the cold in this, like, Link costume, <laughs> just, like, so excited to go inside. And I, I went inside, and I remember I was like, I'm here to pick up uh, Breath of the Wild, the Legendary Edition. And the guy behind the counter, after I had waited in line for hours, was like, oh, we don't have those and I was like yes you do because it says it's here I have a receipt I've had this order confirmed for like months now and he's like oh you pre-ordered it I was like yeah he's like so you're like one of the two people who got one and I was like that must be me <laughs> and he was like sure enough and I'm sitting there like am I about to start crying in a link costume in Best Buy at like 2 a.m right now because that's what it felt like so that that was that was kind of like you it was like very triumphant um yeah that's but fantastic. I mean even then like pe like it wasn't it wasn't an awful thing I'm I'm sure like a lot of people have been reselling the statues and stuff by now but that was that was one of the harder collector's editions of anything to get that i've had to deal with oh it broke my heart that i couldn't get that one i was absolutely devastated because i remember we watched the reveal for it in the yeah. store and we were like oh it's so <laughs> and it was like forget it <laughs> well because not... they pretty much didn't they pretty much release them like right after that direct or whatever because yeah, i remember waking yeah, the up the next morning and nobody having any and i had missed the, yeah. the direct the night before so i was like oh so they're gone yeah. already without going on off on the tangent it's hard to be a nintendo fan because you have to be on top of things you cannot yeah. catch up on the news the next day if you don't watch that direct you missed it whatever no. <laughs> it was it's gone yeah well speaking of being directs and being on top of things i mentioned this because this is how my our luck would work out there's a rumor that in two days a Nintendo Direct will happen. And the reason I was holding off on this episode because it was like, you know, June was supposed to be E3. They might still put out their trailers. And I was kind of expecting a Breath of the Wild 2 one. So there might be a trailer dropping after we've recorded this, but before it's posted. Oh, um, so we, we won't be talking about what's going on in that, obviously. But uh, I just wanted to get ahead of that before, like, the comments are like, why didn't they talk about Ganondorf's mom showing up and I, I uh, love that it's pre-stale like you can't yeah. like you're doing it things move so fast you're recording a podcast and you're already behind the times you know yeah. it's already still content <laughs> I mean I guess I can always just say forget my release schedule and just post this immediately but you know I like having the weekly I think things come out on Friday it's been kind of fun plus it gives me a chance to edit this and be lazy with editing it um <laughs> But yeah, so I think we this is a good, you know, maybe a good chance to start segueing into our, uh, we'll start with our favorite Zelda games, um, and I'll go first because I'm hosting this one. Um, but if I don't take nostalgia out of it, I think my favorite Zelda game is Link's Awakening. Uh, it's just the game, I, I just fell in love with it as a kid. 
Um, because I think it's a Game Boy, I think it's just, it just has a more intimate feel for it. Um, I loved exploring it. I think that's the first one I did. All, I found all of the secrets and collectibles. I just loved it. But taking nostalgia out of it, I think Majora's Mask is my favorite game. Really? Uh, even though I did play that as a kid, the dungeons in it are so good. The, I love the world. It feels so alive. And I know it's because of the three-day system and because all of the characters are on their own clocks. Um, so they kind of go about their day-to-day -day business and part of the game and the, side, the tons of side quests is like kind of learning how everyone works and what they do and then finding out how to interact with them. Um, I, just, I just love Majora's Mask. Um, Which version? <laughs> normally, I'd probably say the 3DS one superannuates it in a lot of reasons, but that one, they, I think they made too many changes that made it a little handholdy. But you can't go wrong with either of them. Um, it's not like different enough that I'm like, oh, don't buy that one. They made the bosses a lot easier, um, which I think is the biggest change in its detriment. I know they changed where some of the masks are, so they're not as difficult to find, but it's not, it's not game breaking in any way. So I would just go whichever version like is available uh, to you. Um, I will say just 64 stuff in general is hard to go back to just because of that controller. Yeah. <laughs> it's a controller, but it's also the graphics. Like I, I'm a huge fan of, you know, retro style games. And I think the 64 is one of the hardest to just I get back into it's kind yeah. of in the middle yeah. it's not exactly like an 8-bit style where you're like oh it's, it's retro but it's not say, like yeah. gamecube where it was a little more i guess I like the 3d a, worked better right yeah like gamecube's problem, almost yeah. semi-modern you know yeah. I, I, yeah i would say the same problem like for all consoles that generation like playstation one is like impossible to go back to for most of those games in my opinion um, especially the early ones before they had to do analog sticks. Like I can't play Tomb Raider. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like a lot, a lot of right. stuff from that generation I think is is rough to go back to. I think unless you, there's like, it's probably might be a hot take, but like GoldenEye is unplayable now. <laughs> you gotta um, change the control scheme, man. You gotta get, you gotta put on Kissy and then put your your hands on top of the controller. Oh God. <laughs> That's it. We do have we do have like new retro uh, N64 controllers that you can play with in the original hardware but like they have the dual sticks and stuff nice so they're and they're they look like normal controllers and not like this weird trident thing so before before we we get back on track with, yeah. with zelda i wanted to ask um do you think that oh man i just lost my train of thought so like feel free to edit this part out but i was <laughs> uh oh yeah do you think that uh re those graphics are like nostalgic at all like because for me they're not like i look back at them and i'm like all oh, right i remember these games looking better but even then i remember being aggravated by it and i look at like this is not the topic but i'm just that, curious that, that said i think the speaking n64 game specifically and keeping it to zelda um because ocarina of time is so muddy and ugly um, right i will say right. games that use the expansion pack like i think majora's mask looks much better donkey kong 64 looks but like looks okay um, certain games, like, it just depends on the art. So, like, I think Mario 64 looks fine. I think uh, Mario 64 actually has age well, but now we're getting really off topic. I was just curious. Yeah, like so what, Morgan, well, do you, like, do you yeah. look at the, the N64 era graphics with, like, the, the thick fog? And it's the, like, really hard because, like I said, I didn't, I didn't personally own one, 
my friends had them and I played with them. So like I never went through the full like Mario 64, but my boyfriend loves that game. And so I got a 64 this year for Christmas for, as like his <laughs> gift. And his first his first thing was you have to play Mario 64. And I sat down and I was like, I know you love this and I like I don't want to grab oh, no. your dreams. Yeah. But like <laughs> I don't know if I can do this right now. And I was like, I know it's like a nostalgia thing. And I was, I, I asked him the same thing. I was like, is it, I was like, do the graphics look like this to you too? Or is it just because I haven't played this before? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it is that weird in between. And it's, I, I think if it's a game you really love, you can get past it. But if you're not invested, I don't think, I feel like even back then you, you could tell it wasn't, there was some annoyance there. Well, I mean, those graphics were mind blowing to me when I was a kid. I, mean, <laughs> I, de I definitely do not feel remotely the same way. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think there's a certain charm to some games. Like, again, a little off topic, but like since it's the same generation, I kind of love the way the original Final Fantasy looks. Or not Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, oh yeah, no, actually, totally. I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. There's something about like how clunky it is that makes it charming. But, and I think that Ocarina of Time has some of that. I think N64 games suffered because they had that like super foggy look. Like no matter what, they looked muddier. Uh, whereas like PlayStation games like, like Final Fantasy VII or Resident Evil even with the pre-rendered backgrounds kind of aged a little more gracefully. I think of like we are way greater off. games. Yeah. And like oh, how yeah. it could, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So Sean, uh, what's your favorite Zelda game? Oh man, every time I think about it, I feel like I come up with a different answer. So I'm going to say A Link to the Past because that's the Zelda game I've played most recently with my kids. And we were like maybe three, I think we have three maidens left to rescue in the dark okay. world before we beat the game. So like we're pretty far in. Haven't touched it in a bit because Animal Crossing happened. Yeah. That's the only thing we can play now. Well, but, uh, I, I guess your kids are digging it though, right? Oh, they loved it. They absolutely loved it. And I, I did not set out to show them this game. Like, there have been games where I've set out and I'm like, we're going to play this game together, guys, because it's great and I think you should experience it. And you better and, like it. <laughs> and, you, and it's, like, re required. Daddy doesn't love you if you don't like <laughs> But I was playing this kind of just to kill time on the Switch because they have the SNES games available digitally. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I own it. I mean, I think I have four or five copies of it right now. I have Game Boy Advance, Game, um, obviously Super Nintendo, uh, Same on the three. Switch. Yeah. Uh, the th no, the 3DS didn't have uh, Link to the Past, did it? Or was it in the eShop? If it was, I didn't get that one. Okay. Um, I might be. I had the Ambassador thing, so I might have had other. Oh, you might have, because I know there were some like limited edition digital yeah. releases for that. Uh, but like I, I anyway, point is I have a bunch of different versions of it. Oh, I have the Japanese version of it. Uh, the Super oh yeah, I've got the Super Famicom version. Uh, it's great because it's like one of those games you can get for ten bucks, and it's a nice little yeah. thing. And it's have. totally playable because there's like barely any text. Right. Anyway, um, yeah. so I had just been playing it to kind of kill some time, and they just started watching over my shoulder. Like they'd come around, I'd have the switch, and be like, "What are you doing?" My, my daughter would have a million questions about it. And then she would be like, I want to play with you. Can you put it up on the TV? So I'd like put it up on the TV. And, and then like my son would come in and we'd all be playing it together. And I, I just feel like as far as, it, it's funny because it was a, 
relatively early game for the Super Nintendo. It was like, I think it was like 93, right? So it was like two years in. Yeah, I, th- I thought was it was it a year or two in, so that sounds about right. So like, there's some things about it that like were graphically impressive at the time, but now kind of look like, okay, this is built on a tile. You know, like this is a game that it's a marginal improvement over the original Legend of Zelda. Whereas at the time, it felt like just light years beyond the original. But so like it's but it's still charming and it's still infinitely playable like the the game has such tight controls and the way that things interact with it and how it rewards you interacting with the world which is why like i love the original i love that one and i love uh breath of the wild because for me those are the ones that encourage you to just literally poke everything Mm. and see what happens um So, I mean, I, I, oh, and before, like, let me be slightly more self-indulgent because I have another story uh, about A Link to the Past and retail. Uh, <laughs> do you remember Toys R Us used to have, when Toys R Us was a thing and they sold video games, they used to have, the video game aisle uh, were like these little plastic sleeves and then the sleeves there were these paper slips. And yeah, that's kind of like you, basically like a card you bring up to the counter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then there were no games anywhere. There was like laminated game boxes, and you could like flip them up to look at the front and the back. And it was it was like a cool way to browse it without having people walk off with you know eighty dollar cartridges all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I remember the Toys R Us at Maze Landing had a big banner. It said Legend of Zelda coming soon, and it was you know nineteen ninety two or something, and it was. Uh, before the internet and bef- and I had Nintendo Power. So Nintendo Power was hyping up a link to the past. So I knew what it was. And I remember I, you could pre-order it. And that was like, same thing where you'd go down the aisle and they had like a placeholder card, but it didn't have the actual game box. It was just like, you know, the old Legend of Zelda logo, but it said Super Nintendo next to it. And I, I remember we paid for it and I would ask my mom every week to go out there to see if they had it yet. Because you didn't know when, like you couldn't yeah. just like say, hey Siri, uh, when is Legend of Zelda Link to the Past coming out? I actually just had to look around to make sure I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping that was going to pop up and that would be great. <laughs> no, I, the iPads in the other room, so we're good. But <laughs> uh, so I remember it was just like constantly bugging her to go out there and get it. And then uh, eventually, you know, it was out and they guess they did have it and I got to play it and it was awesome. Within a week, I lost it because. <laughs> uh, was a, I don't even remember what I did, but I, I got punished. I did something worth being punished, and my mom took away my Super Nintendo and I went to the past within a week of having it. And I uh, was so desperate to play the game that uh, I would get home a little bit before her. She was a teacher. So I would go <laughs> to school, and I, would, I found where it was, like, real quickly. And I would hook it up and, like, play, like, 10 minutes and, like, <laughs> wait, wait for her. And as soon as I hear her car, I'd, like save it, turn it off, <laughs> throw it back in the closet, like pretend like I never touched it. <laughs> so that's great. So All right, Morgan, go with that about, yeah, say so Morgan, how about you? What's your favorite? I, I know what your it is, but let's let the people at home know. <laughs> okay. I've been vo- very vocal about it already, I feel like. Um so my favorite Legend of Zelda game is Wind Waker, which it's very it's it's one of the unconventional in in the sense it's you know like toon link that was toon link it wasn't was real really yeah so that 
that has a huge nostalgia factor for me just because like i said i had played like ocarina of time i'd played the legend of zelda games on the, the nes the super nintendo but i hadn't really gotten into the franchise until i got that game and i just loved it it was the first game that i um i really like was finding the secrets on my own and I was like you know the open world concept of that like blew my mind just like oh so I can just sail to any island on this map right and almost every island has a secret and between like that and the amazing like I love almost all the characters in that game I think the characters in that game are by far some of my favorite in the entire series and the soundtrack is great and the dungeons and like I've I've replayed that game probably 10 15 times when it came out in the Wii I was all over the HD and even even now like I'll go back and I'll play it on the GameCube and it still holds up the the only problem I have is the inverted camera that the GameCube (laughs) like to do on everything but once you get past that it's fine so that's by far my my favorite game. So I, Zelda game. I love Wind Waker. My only problem with it is it's just not enough. Yeah. yeah. It's light yeah. on dungeons and stuff. The dungeons are like really great and I think the bosses are really great, but mm-hmm. I agree. Like you want more of that <laughs> because yeah, of guess, how cool they were. It's just it has one of the lower dungeon counts. I know I picked Majora's Mask, which only has four. Um yeah. but sometimes it's just it's the for that game for me it's the quality world. But I, I agree with what you said about I loved exploring, filling my map, and finding each every island, every island having a secret. Finding every single Triforce piece in the ocean. Did you, um, <laughs> did, you uh, did you ever complete all of the the figurines you could get? Because I did that on mm-hmm. the GameCube, and With I wanted to do it again on the the Wii U version. I just was like, I don't have time for this anymore. I'm I yeah, I have. So I the the. I, I replayed it a couple times and I just went back and I made sure I got like all the hearts you could get. So like doing the side stuff and getting all the heart containers. And then like, eventually I was like, you know what? I need to go through with the camera and do the figurines. And I did that and it was very satisfying. <laughs> it did take a lot of time, but I, another thing about that game is like, I feel like the dungeon count is low, but that one had so many little like mini games in it that were fun to do too like uh you did like the flying stuff where you're jumping off the pier and you have to try and fly as far as you can and it had like all the little random like battleship games you'd find Mm -hmm. on the island that guy was just you know chilling in the shop (laughs) he's like oh you want to play a weird game and you're just like i guess (laughs) like that stuff was super fun to just like yeah and like beetle Oh yeah. well, why he, he alone is why I love the game. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why he keeps showing up. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was that was that's up there for me, honestly. Wind Waker is one of the. I think it's one of the better Zelda games for all the reasons that you said. That that made me fall in love, and then after that, I was like, "Wow, uh, I've really slept on this series." And that's kind of <laughs> when I went back, and I was like playing the old ones. Like I went back and I did Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and. Uh, Link's Awakening and everything, and I was like, "This series is great. Why? Why is this the first time I'm like getting into it?" But I, I still love that over all of them. Well, we we started on a positive foot, so let's move on to a negative one. Now, I want to preface in saying, I don't. I think the worst Zelda game is still a good game. We're talking like degrees of greatness, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but my least yeah. favorite 
Zelda game is Twilight Princess. Wow. I think it is. I think the dungeons in it are great, which to me, like, is what makes it a good game. I think it is so dark and so ugly, and I don't like the story. I hate Hunt and Pose. I it just <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> like there's 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 so much in it that I'm like eh, this is could be better. Um, I but I think the art style in it is is what really is very off-putting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I think it I I do think it's got a lot of great points. Um, I was kind of hoping that when they re-released it on Wii U, because I have to get every Zelda game. I was like, you know what? All right. It's been a long time since I played this because I would first played it when it came out on the Wii. Um, and I liked the time, but it was like one of those ones that just didn't stick with me. Um, but like a lot of my problems were still persistent with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like Midna is exciting, but like oh, nothing else. No one else in that game is memorable. I know what you mean, though. No, I know what you mean. It's it's one of my least favorites. Like I remember same thing at the time. Like I was super hyped for that game. I was so I was hyped really, for it because really the excited. Wii was also really exciting with the swinging the swords and stuff. Yeah, and 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 like Morgan referenced the Toon Link controversy. Like this was the adult Zelda. This was the <laughs> yeah, yeah. dark Zelda. It was such an over. Are you sick exactly. of the cartoon Zelda? Well, this one's for the cool kids. Yeah, and like it was really exciting though because it seemed like they were taking it seriously. And then the f- opening part of the game is like three hours of tutorial to tell you how to play a Zelda game. That's pretty much oh. the same as every Zelda game you've played over the last 10 years. Yeah. Come on, let me, just let me enjoy it. I think there's a lot of good stuff in that game, but it, I feel like it actively fights against you. Like to yeah. get to I yeah. see, I love that art style. <laughs> like, uh, is, is that, was that one released right after that? After Wind Waker? It was yeah. at the end of the GameCube's gonna... lifespan. Yeah, it really so I, I that played it on GameCube, and I remember it was, yeah, it was, like, going from, like, Wind Waker to that, and I was like, oh, this is different. But yeah. I, I really liked the art style. I, It's not my, it's probably not one of my top favorite games because of other things. Like, I don't think there's a whole lot to do in it otherwise. Like, they had, like, what was it, like, the fishing? And you're yeah, just, like, like, no like the bug thing. collecting, and you're like, I don't really know if that appeals to me so yeah and it didn't have many characters it had the creepy warp dungeon chicken <laughs> yeah what was up with that chicken i hated the chicken so much yeah i will say that like 30 yeah. <laughs> i do think that yeah, i do what? think the dungeons were very good because i their their dungeon whereas the ruined city in the sky was actually really cool I a lot of those dungeons were cool. yeah they I had love the magnetic with, like one. yeti mansion well, that one had a lot of the uh, like tools that you had to use. Like yeah. I, I replayed it maybe like last year, or a year, uh, two years ago, and like every time I thought I was getting close to the end, I was like, oh wait, I'm still missing like five items that I need to go through dungeons with. And I was like, this yeah. is a lot longer than I remembered. It does feel really stretched out too, like yeah. almost a overcorrection. Not only like Scott, you're saying overcorrection for Wind Waker's art style, but like. Almost like, oh yeah, well we didn't get to put a lot of dungeons in this one. Yeah. There weren't a lot of tools, so let's just let's add a lot more tools. What if we had a top, a spinning yeah. top? Yeah, yeah. Once. So you stand on. Which that one? was one of my favorite dungeons in that game. Yeah, say for that, that was an awesome. thing. Yeah. yeah, for that and the boss fight the top is right. cool. Yeah. It was. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's like awesome moments, but I mean, like, I, I, ultimately, I kind of agree with you, Scott. I think it's it's not my favorite. But it's like it's kind far. of. I feel like compared to a lot of them, it's kind of forgettable. 
Yeah. Like I said, I think that's it's just good... kind of where it like that in my mind, that's kind of where it sits. It's just I yeah. liked the art style and there was a lot of like really cool things about the game, but like otherwise. I have a theory as to why this is, and it's not an original theory, you know, other people have said this, but if you remember um, originally, if you played it on the GameCube, Morgan, you probably don't know this, or maybe you mm-hmm. do, that when they brought it over to the Wii, they had to reverse the map and oh. they literally just flipped everything. The, every asset in the game flipped because they wanted people with the Wii to have the sword in the right hand and the shield in their left for the Wii remote. But because Link is left-handed, originally the game was programmed with Link holding the shield and you know or the sword yeah. in his left hand, like he always does. Yeah. So if you look at the world map on the GameCube one, it's identical. And overlay it with Ocarina of Time, it's identical. It lines up perfectly. Oh. It's, suppo- it's almost like it's a remake of Ocarina of Time in a lot of ways. And a lot of things line up if you think about it that way. Not just the map, but like the, the way you go through the dungeons, uh, the storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of similarities. So it feels like, well, let's do Ocarina of Time again, but darker, but also more <laughs> linear because all, the Hyrule Field is just like a series of tunnels. You can't really like roam. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like to me, that's that's always why it's felt forgettable because it's like kind of just a worse version of Ocarina of Time. Mm. Yeah. So with that, that, Morgan, what's your least favorite uh, Zelda game? My least favorite Legend of Zelda game is to this day the only Legend of Zelda game I've started and haven't finished. And I really, really, really wanted to like it. Like I really Wait, did. Can I guess? Can you guess? Is it Spirit Tracks? Um, no. Well, it's, oh. it's not Spirit Tracks. I'm trying to remember. I did. No, I, I beat Spirit Tracks. Okay. I, I right, played that ahead. on an I... emulator at the time. <laughs> but uh, no, it's Skyward Sword. And I really feel bad saying that because I know I, I loved the look and I loved where the story was going. But I got to yeah. the first dungeon and I was enraged using the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. when they tell you like okay you have to hold you know the sword up and I'm like holding my Wii remote still like this and Link is going like this and I was like this yeah. is not gonna work I can't do things like this and I got to the first dungeon and I went through like the first room and I was like I'm I'm done and yeah. the worst part is I bought that game twice <laughs> I bought it when it came out and I went to play it and then um it was in a Wii that uh, a family member sold and then like a year oh, later no. I was like they stole it with my game in it and I I should go back and try it and I waited until it came through at GameStop again and I bought it for like $50 because they never go down in value yeah. Yeah. and then I did the same thing I got to the first dungeon I was like I can't do it I can't <laughs> so I, 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 I haven't done it I will say God, I know you love this game yeah. I will say Skyward Sword's one of my favorites. If you can't handle the motion controls, yeah, then it's not. And I've, it's, I've been like waiting. Yeah. Like I was like, like when the Wii U came out, I was like, please give me a Skyward Sword. I will say I, that I don't have to use the controls I more. And feeling... even now on the Switch, I'm like, please, because I loved the story and I loved uh, the characters and I liked the pacing, but I just, I, I couldn't get into it. I there were so many cool things in that game i felt that were buried by the controls because i felt the same way i i had the i got the collector's edition of that one that's mm-hmm. the one so that came with the gold with the, 
Yeah. Or the Wii Plus. Wii Motion Plus controller. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have that. So you, and, and it also came with the um, the Symphony soundtrack. Uh, oh yeah, I actually went and saw that. Oh yeah, I have the before. soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it was a cool. It was a cool collector's edition. But I remember like that was for the Wii Motion Plus, and I was like, cool. It'll be fun. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. And I'm like, yeah. Well, look at it. It's like one to one. It's what we've always wanted from the Wii. But then like. Yeah. I'm tired, man. Like, yeah, yeah. You get tired. You want to sit down, man. And you like you figure out what the minimal movement is to still play the game. But like the game would get lost, right? Like and it would think you're over here and you'd have to turn it over and like press the button and flip it. Like it was just so obnoxious. I I, I, I must have had a one more thing, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a game that told you every time you started it what every single item was. Oh yeah, that was super that was (laughs) that was the worst of the Nintendo hand holding things. Yeah. That is Never huge, turn off the game because <laughs> yeah, that is a huge downfall of that game. It's really stupid. But I must have had a, a rupee. You can buy things with that. Nine hundred of them. I know. I'm not going to defend that right, part sorry, of it. That part is bad. Go ahead. Um, I'm done. But I must have had a different setup than people because I never had those problems. <sighs> like I never was tired. I'd play for like hours on end. Um, uh, I I don't know. Like I said, if if the controls are the biggest hurdle. That said, yeah. I. What would you guys think if they remade it for the Switch? Because Joy-Cons work much better. Oh, I'd, I'd play it in a heartbeat if I could use yeah. the Pro Controller. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say the same thing. Like, I wouldn't even hesitate to order that and, and, and play it. Because as long as it didn't have the waggle, if they could take that out. And I know they can because if you emulate it, you can play with a controller instead. You can emulate the, the motion on the analog stick. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I would buy that. I think it's I think it's the Zelda game that's mo- like as much as I love Link's Awakening, a remake of that wasn't super necessary. I do think uh, Skyward Sword's probably the one I think would benefit the most from like a, a an overhaul like that. It it has such a cool art design, like, and I didn't even know it playing. It wasn't because... like cartoony, like Toon Link. It was the best. It was kind mix. of in between. Yeah. It was like the perfect. Well, they they if you. If you've read any of the like the behind the scenes stuff, they talk about the art inspiration being um, impressionist, like French impressionist painting. So like Monet. Oh, I could see that. And and what's what stinks is that the Wii was stuck at four four eighty p. It couldn't go higher than that. Like you could do ten eighty i or something. It would look like garbage though. And it's it completely masks the these gorgeous textures and colors that are actually in the game. Like if you emulate the game and you don't do anything other than display it at a higher resolution, it immediately comes through. And there's like these really gorgeous yeah. like brush strokes in the, the textures that you, you just can't see. You can see that. I feel like it wasn't a lot of the promotional art and stuff. Like yeah, I remember like seeing like the brush strokes. Mm-hmm. in like the promo art and stuff but yeah you're right like I, I don't feel like i saw any of that in the game it got it's the it's, color yeah. palette comes through mm-hmm. but it's there it's the, just yeah ruined I, I think part of the reason they went with that style is because like you can kind of hide the wii's draw distance and stuff and it was more because the farther you get like the more minimalistic kind of became like you said they were doing like an impression thing and they did um, that. They did that again in Breath of the Wild, but I thought they it pulled it off a lot better. Like if you look oh, at the yeah, back, no, no doubt about that. Um, gets more Sean, abstract. Sorry, what, God. What's your least favorite uh, Zelda game? Unless it's Skyward Sword, in which case we just explained why it's not that. Good. Yeah. No, I like this is another one. Like I so <laughs> uh, back in the day, uh, whenever a new Zelda game came out, and it's still true today, 
the worst Zelda game was the game that had just come out before the newest game. <laughs> yeah. like, and then and then when the new game came out, that was the worst game. And every other Zelda game was great. And I I so there was actually a few throughout the years that like I had uh, a love hate relationship with where I really wanted to love it and I ended up hating it. And I wouldn't even say I hated Skyward Sword. I, I didn't finish it, but I was more frustrated with it than hated it. But it's a toss-up for me between um, Legend of Zelda, or I'm sorry, Link. What it was it? Zelda Two: The Adventures of Link. Sure. Is that the I figured it might be title? that. One, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the second Zelda game on the NES, or the uh, the first one on the DS, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, not, Phantom Hour. No. Phantom Hourglass. There's Phantom Hourglass. Was it? Phantom Hourglass. Just because controls. Talk about controls being frustrating. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was super repetitive because you had to go back through it. But yeah, I think Phantom Hourglass was rough. It's so that's a tie. That's a, the yeah. tie for me. But I'll talk about Zelda too, just because you know, with the original Zelda being so formative for me on the NES, Zelda Two was something I could look forward to, and it was so hard to get my head around. And I thought there was something wrong with me, because this was back in the day where like video games came out and you just played them because that's all there was and you could like maybe you owned it or maybe you borrowed it or maybe you rented it but it wasn't like you could cycle through 50 games on steam or like your your eShop collection like you just had a game and you figured it out and that game was inscrutable like it was almost impossible to play and i argue that it is impossible to play because not only did you need the manual but you also had to uh put two and two together in a way or like that's not even a good way of saying it you had to draw conclusions for how to play it like the hammer for instance there's an item that's the hammer and it allows you to on the world map chop down trees and there's really no reason to indicate that it does that (laughs) but that's how you find this one i think it's a town that's hidden and the only way to get it by the way it's not like oh i memorize it it's in this tile i just have to walk four tiles up and three tiles over. It's different every time you play the game. It's just random. You just got to like knock down the trees until you find it. The whole time there's these monsters coming at you and it's awful. <laughs> like the game is so unfriendly and frustrating and there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Like the fact that you can like, pu- you can attack high and low and do like the downward strike. And that then it switches between 2D and the, the world map. But man, it just... Like one of the guys, one of the first villagers you can talk to just says, I am error. It's not, <laughs> it's not an Easter egg. They just didn't have dialogue. In there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> so, I mean, and that was, that was also back when like, we didn't really understand what a game sequel was. Like there really wasn't much of a concept of it. So a lot of games back then would get a sequel that was either the same game with slightly different colors like, you know, Mario Brothers got the sequel in Japan where it was basically just Mario Brothers again. They yeah. moved things around. And then they got a weird sequel here like Zelda 2. Right. And then and then there were other examples like Zelda 2 where they would just go, like, completely off course with, like, a, a, an entirely different gameplay setup. Uh, and then it would be like, oh, I guess it didn't work. Let's go back to the other one. But, yeah, I'd say Zelda 2 is my least favorite. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the DS games. Those control schemes are terrible. I was gonna say I feel like the DS games are kind of they're they're also like forgettable. Except for I was very impressed by a link between worlds. 
Okay, that game's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I loved that game. I picked yeah. it up because it came out. I was like, okay, well, the other ones didn't really impress me. And then I started playing it, and I was like, this is really fun. <laughs> and I remember, like, all the bosses are really fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic game. Well, I mean, that's A Link to the Past. It's Yeah, it's, exactly. It's basically the same. It's the same map. Yeah. More or yeah. less the same controls. Yeah, anyway. All right. So, so those are our favorite and least favorite uh, Zelda games with some other thoughts and other games there too, which is fine. Um, but now we're going to start getting a little bit into the, the heat of the discussion here. So Breath of the Wild, since Breath of the Wild 2 seems to be, I, I forget what I, interview I read, I think with Algie Numa, uh, where they're like, it's going to be the same Hyrule because it's going to be kind of like um, an Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask thing where we're like, we already spent all this time and money making these assets. We can kind of use them to make another game without having to wait another like million years. Yeah, um, good. So it's, yeah. yeah, good. So we get the Please. same Hyrule, which was fun to explore. I want to explore it more. Um, and they're going to have like new, new content in it, which is fine. Um, so I figure we'll, before we get into what we want to see them do in Breath of the Wild 2, we should talk a little bit about opinions on Breath of the Wild 1. Um, I'll start it off. I think everything Breath of the Wild wanted to do, if everything it set out to do, I think it accomplished extremely well. Um, for me, it fell short in a couple of areas, which makes the Zelda, which is what I play Zelda games for. Um, I know some. I know at least Sean has some different opinions on it because you picked it as your 2017 game of the year, um, which was yeah, tough I competition. Um, if Mario didn't come out, it would have been mine. But I, <laughs> I love Super Mario Odyssey. Um, that was I crazy think, that they were the same year. I just it blows my mind. I know because it, it was March to October. They were like right? the first yeah. Switch games. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. But I, I think that the, the, with the exception of Hyrule Castle, I think the dungeons were super lame. I don't think that because of the way the shrines were, like a third of them were just combat. Um, and then because of the, you could tackle them in any order, which is a strength for a lot of aspects of the game, they couldn't build on like previous kinds of puzzles you did and do like more difficult iterations of them. Um, the puzzles were all kind of like segmented and kind of not super interesting which is a big part of why i like the zelda games is, is the dungeons and the puzzle stuff um i do think the exploration in it was great i love the deeper combat i love how difficult it was especially in the beginning um i'm not normally a big exploring guy i like to have a goal and go out and accomplish it um but i do think the exploration in it was really cool but i think the best thing about the game and this is kind of harkens back to us playing on like the nes and super nintendo eras is just like swapping stories of things we discovered and found with each yep. other that was the best part of the experience yep. for me because we even if we found the same thing we did everything in such completely different ways it's like i didn't know you could set all those thorns on fire i just used my ice thing to go up and over them to get to the dungeon you know exactly. to get to the shrine like i remember the first time i saw a drag i can't talk to anyone about this because <laughs> i was like people need to experience that for themselves i was like oh my god um but yeah, so that's my opinions on, on Breath of the Wild. I, so I think there's a lot of things they can improve on, um, but I would like to get your guys' kind of kind of feel for it uh, first. Morgan, go ahead, go for it. Um, I I agree with you in the sense that there's like a couple core Legend of Zelda things that they didn't really hit in it, which is weird because it's like. I've I've done this a million times where people are like, oh, what's your favorite Legend of Zelda game? And I'm like, oh, Wind Waker. And they're like, oh, did you like Breath of the Wild? And I'm like, honestly, I forget that that was a Legend of Zelda game. Is that like weird? <laughs> I was like, I don't know why. And I loved it. I, I went and I did everything except for the Korok seeds. 
Like, that's the only thing I didn't do. Today. There's the one thing good I call. did not do. That's a good call. Yeah, I was like, good. I could do this. And I was like, maybe if I'm desperate and like, I really want to go back into it. And I just like, don't want to go back into the story. I'll do that. But um, yeah, I liked, I liked the shrines. I missed the theming of like dungeons. Like we were talking about in our favorite like Legend of Zelda games and even like Twilight Princess and stuff like these dungeons had really cool themes to them. You know, you have like water, whatever. And so going into the beast being the dungeon and then kind of being more of the same of the shrines was kind of a bummer for me. Um, yeah, quick. Name your favorite shrine. <sighs> No, no, like you can't. I mean, I don't think yeah. you can. Like, no. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm trying to remember which is which is the thing. Yeah. You're like, wait. My, my favorite shrine was the uh, island exploration one. Oh, that was rad. Okay, See, that the, was cool. the, the best shrines. I think were the ones where they had some overworld puzzle because they weren't limited yeah. by like you got to be in the same room that looks it the same. Like, with all of them. Finding some of them, yeah, was like yeah. more exciting than mm-hmm. <laughs> actual shrines. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, they were all bad, because there was some really cool stuff with them. Um, but they were, they were the exception rather than the rule. Well, and the other thing is, I liked the, the side stuff. Like, I went and I did the side missions, and they were fun. Um, and the, the stuff with, like, the sledding was neat. And, you know, you'd stumble upon fun things like that. But I do wish, I, I really didn't feel an attachment to almost any of the characters in this game and which is strange and like even the side quests i wish the characters were a little more exciting like because then i go back to wind waker and i think like oh i feel like i loved every character i ran into in that game and now this game i'm like this guy is just telling me to go get his stuff back from the banana people (laughs) and like that's it like that's all he wants or this guy's telling me there's a cool horse over there and that's like it like that that's fun but um and even like the heroes, I really only liked uh, like Mifa, and um, that was and, and oh, um, what's her face? Uh, uh, the what? What are the desert people? Oh, uh, Garuda. Garuda, like Urbosa was her name. The, Urbosa, uh, that's yeah. who it was. I liked her, and like I liked I liked that area, and whoever the princess was. Don't ask what her name is. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool, but otherwise, like, I I didn't really feel an attachment to many of the characters. Even like Zelda, I hate to say it, I loved her, but I was also like, oh, this is my favorite Zelda. Really? Oh yeah, I think she's the best one. I think she's the best Zelda. I I liked how I liked how much she was in it, and I liked how they kind of they kind of showed more of her actual yeah. life i will yeah, say it's kind of about her like in a way it's, yeah it's, it's, I, she's not I, in it but she's still central she's the there story. and you like you kind of are still seeing her story even though yeah like you said she's not physically there like the entire time i uh, i don't know i liked her <laughs> i just didn't feel that attached you cannot like her i'm not telling you you're wrong. <laughs> no, i just I did. Really like I, I did i just didn't feel the attachment like i normally do which was kind of weird and i think that's one of the reasons why when people are like oh is it did you like Breath of the Wild? I'm like, yeah, I love it. But I also like completely forgot it was a Legend of Zelda game because I'm not thinking ha- of the dungeons or the characters or... Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, honestly. Uh, it is up there for me with one of my favorite Zelda games. But yeah, for sure. I do think its biggest fault is the fact that most of it is very forgettable because you, it does blend together. It's And it's the 
it's just like one of those things that comes along with being an open world game. It's, it's the exploration be... I feel like you remember over everything. Yeah. And not the story the or, yeah. Right, like figuring out the physics and, and what you can do with the puzzles like Scott was talking about, swapping the stories, like that is the stuff that is memorable, but not necessarily the story. Like you could you can actually go from like point like the plateau where you start the game right to Ganon's to castle end. and people have done <laughs> yeah. that. And I think it's amazing. But like, you know, when you have a setup like that, you're going to have to sacrifice like a cons consistent story with good pacing, right? And that was one of my biggest complaints about it is that I did like, I love the characters. I thought the characters were really cool and I wanted more of them, but they were it, like the mit, the bits and pieces that you get with them are stretched so few and far between. That's because I'd spend four hours wandering the mountains. And know. I think that's probably why I didn't feel that connection. Cause it's like, you know, you go do their areas. It takes you maybe like, you know, if you're doing everything a day or two and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Then you don't really yep. see them for the rest of the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. So like, while I loved it and I, and I do really love this game. Like I, the fact that you can just start the, the game and it doesn't hold your hand. Uh, yeah. It is exactly what drew me into the original Legend of Zelda. And I remember when uh, they announced it, uh, before they announced it even, Scott and I used to have these conversations all the time. Mm -hmm. I used to say, I wish they'd go back to the original Zelda. I wish they would go back to like the NES that you just start on a map. There's no <laughs> setup. You walk into the cave and you get a sword and you just go on. And this game is set up the exact same way, like where you you're just you start there, and I think if I remember it correctly, like you can just you can walk forward and pick up a stick, yeah, right, and then that's, then like you, that's your weapon. But there's like nothing else going on. You just have to go and do it. Um, I remember they kind of hinted like how to get off the plateau, but that was about it. That yeah, was like I it. mean, they give you directives, and it's it's a little more structured than the original Zelda, but it's still that sense of. This is a world that is open to you if you can figure out how to navigate it. And and you can gatekeep with like, oh, you can't get past this without having this item. But they did that in this game in a very natural way. Yeah. As to a glowing yeah. red door saying like, oh, you don't have the, the, the glyph of uh, wisdom to pass. You know, you, <laughs> You're like, oh, I went up into the mountains without a jacket and I died. So right, yeah, I guess exactly. I need something. <laughs> exactly, so, so then you get the warm jacket and then you can go up into the mountains. Exactly. Well, that's another, that's an early one where I think I was talking with Harry about it. Maybe, maybe it was you, it was somebody else. Where I was like, oh, I just can munch these hot peppers and I can walk through yeah. that. And then yeah. someone's like, if you cook them, they last a lot longer. I was like, I don't know how to cook, what? <laughs> yeah. like, uh, but then someone else is like, you can just get a coat. I'm like, well, whatever. I just ate these things and just ran and then wasted them. <laughs> Um, no, that, that is a good thing that. about it because once you get through the quote unquote tutorial area with the plateau, because the game makes sure like it gives you all of its tools right off the bat, but it yeah. makes sure you know how to use them before. I mean, you can just jump off the plateau and die, but before <laughs> yeah. you get off with the with yeah. safely, um, you know, like they it it, it does make, give you the game, and that's all the hand holding it does. The guy, uh, the king, kind of gives you like a you can go, you go. Spoiler. Yeah, and he puts a pin on your map, which you can ignore, because you can go straight to Ganon. I know our friend Harry did that, which so you get. What's well, cool, like, because I will say Hyrule Castle, I think, is by far the best, quote unquote, dungeon in the game, yeah. because it maintains yeah. all of that exploration stuff that they do. It's a very high risk, high reward, because it's all of the most dangerous enemies in the game, but some of the best items, and I think it's the only place you can get the Hylian shield. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But like, I remember when I finally was like storming the castle at the end, I did all of the, the, the beasts. I had the master sword. I got my armor all upgraded and I dyed it green. So I was like storming the castle. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, there's so many Lionel fights and I just fly away and just kind of <laughs> up to him. Uh, but that was fun because you could kind of tackle it as you wanted. Because um, I was still exploring some of the interior stuff because you can blow up certain walls and find like hidden rooms with like treasure. Uh, uh, but the, the, the main dungeons in the, the game are the Divine Beasts. And the first time you play, it's like, it's really cool. You have to like, kind of like take it down while you're teaming up with one of the descendants or someone related to the champions uh, from a hundred years ago. Yeah. So the first one I did was the elephant one with the, with the Zora. So you're like riding on his back and like you're using all kinds of cool things. Oh, this is awesome. And they go find like, oh, this is kind of cool puzzle. And then you do the next one. It's kind of the exact same thing four times. Yeah, that they didn't even really try to make them look visually different is That's a shame. That's the thing, yeah. Because yeah. they have really cool things going on in them, like with mechanics and puzzle solving. But they are similar, right? Like they all have the similar flow to them. They all look exactly the same. Uh, yeah. Which is a shame, yeah. But I, I mean... Even with all that, the, you know, the repetitive shrines, I thought some of those shrines were really cool. I love finding them, like you said, Morgan, like, they're just, like, seeing something, you're like, can I get to that? I think yeah. that might be a shrine, or, like, you'd be doing something completely different, and all of a sudden, a freaking shrine would pop up. And it and would like, be Yeah, awesome. like, rises out of the ground, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I cool. smacked this rock, and now this happened. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sean, Sean, we might have talked about this uh, in, in the store when the lead-up to the game. I'm not usually a big open world guy. I find a lot of them to be either just jam-packed with the same repetitive things to collect and do, or they're really, I was afraid it was going to be really, because how massive it is, I was afraid it was going to be really empty and boring, but the, it, the world does feel dense. Like you're always stumbling over something, mm -hmm. whether it's a Korok puzzle or you can kind of see a shrine in the distance or like there'll be like people just kind of traveling around. And like, this is the first Zelda game where I sort of felt like a hero. Yeah. Because all of a sudden they'll be attacked by moblins or whatever. And you can, and you can choose them. to ignore them. Yeah. But I was like, I rolled up and like saved those people. And like, I chose to do that. And I felt really cool for doing yeah. that. And then um, they turn out to be those bandits. Yeah, and then they turn out people. to be uh, <laughs> the, the banana people. people. Yeah. But no, no, I totally agree. I, I think because it gave you that freedom, because it, it created this world that was alive. Normally, I don't like open world games anymore either. Like, I had really been burnt out on it by the time this game came out. But I think this game did open world right. Like, it still has a lot of the, the problems, like the conceits that you have, to, the things you have to give up by being open world, like a fragmented story that leaves you feeling like you're not very connected to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's so dense, you know? You're constantly discovering something, and you're always rewarded for asking the question, like, what if I did this? And then you mm -hmm. do it, and something happens. Something always happens. And the, I, for me, like... Forget Zelda, but it's definitely a core tenet of the series for me. But if a game, video game does that, it, I'm almost instantly in love with it. Like if a video game, if I can feel like the designers were like, let's reward the player for knocking down this tree, uh, pushing it down the hill, and then letting it on fire on the way. Like, you know, like, and then something's going to happen. Yeah, like, something convoluted. <laughs> Right, like they, yeah. they just threw it in there because they were like they, they they put it there and they're like, eh, someone we can see someone doing this. Let's let's throw some rupees at him if they. I mean, they so do. many people came up with ways to interact with that game that I never would have thought of. Like even just using the time the time yeah. thing on the rocks, 
yeah. and smacking them so they'll go and then climbing on them and then like using that to get around. Like I never would have that. I still on the daily, like you said, I'm like seeing people posting videos of them like killing guardians in these insane convoluted ways. And I'm like, wow, this game came out a few years ago. People are still yeah. uh, freezing the rocks and launching them into space. <laughs> I mean, like, cause it, it built a world first. It, it didn't just come up with an, a concept and then try to like populate a map with the stuff that like fleshes out that concept. That world exists both like it's very consciously designed in terms of like the, the design of a world map, but also in the physics. Like the physics are all very carefully built yeah. so that there are like important interactions that are intuitive. Like like you mentioned, be freezing in the mountains, you know, or what happens if lightning you know if you're holding up a sword in a lightning storm you get zapped by lightning yeah. it makes sense like the game never says yeah. watch out you have metal it's just zzz, zzz. yeah and if you don't put it together yep. you're gonna get zapped again uh, that's that's like one of the things where you're like i wonder what happens if i jump in with my electric sword <laughs> and it's like the creators are like well obviously you're gonna get electrocuted and you're like oh dang i got electrocuted <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah. and i like for that alone like the fact the care and the the thought that went into creating this living breathing world that has this full physics uh it's why i love the game so much like there are i, I agree like there are, i i miss the Lost Woods, like the Lost Woods was a cool area, but it's like foggy trees, you know, didn't have a lot of personality. Uh, I miss, you know, uh, having those dungeons that were like radically different, like the lava dungeon. Like, that's really the, wasn't yeah, that's like what that, I missed. Even know? just the visual. Like right. I, I almost even wish like the beasts would have a little bit of theming to them if they were even right. going to be like almost the exact same concept. Yeah. But... And I guess I'm Scott. Well, I, I don't know. It seems like a good way to say. Yeah. So too. we can talk about what, what we hope they. So I think we can all agree that Breath of the Wild, uh, one is a, an amazing base to start from. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think even just a couple of like maybe ruin the kind of dungeons that are maybe optional that you can explore, kind of like how Hyrule Castle was in the first game. I think would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think I do think. Based on the first trailer we've got, which is all we know about the game so far, mm -hmm. it does give the illusion that, or at least the impression rather, that uh, story is going to be a bigger focus because you got Link and Zelda and her new hairdo kind of exploring. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, we're all assuming this is Ganondorf that's like a mummy that's getting resurrected. Um, so there might be more of an emphasis on story because this game's story is really about failing 100 years ago and kind of building yourself back up. So they could tell it in a very non-linear, you kind of get in your memories back style. They don't have the luxury of doing that with this game because the last game happened. Right. So I don't know how they could probably still have an open world story the way that they still do that. It might have to be a little bit more linear um, or maybe like, because you know, in like classic games, you usually do like the first three dungeons and then that triggers whatever the next story beat is. Yeah. And then like, that's when you open up like the, the rest of the game. Um, like Link, Link's Awakening does that, Ocarina of Time does that. Uh, ba yeah, basically most of the main series games do that. Um, so maybe they, maybe that's kind of how they'd get away with it. Like there's maybe a couple of dungeons and areas that are like more deeper to explore and then something happens like, and then all of a sudden like more ruins rise up or I don't know, they could come up with a couple of things. But I think Basically I, like you have to do these dungeons first 
right. yeah. progress. Yeah. yeah, the three pendants to get the master sword yeah. before you can go to yeah. the But battle. you can still yeah. tackle them in any order you want. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's a way they can get around it. Because like, I do think one of the big strengths of the game is you can tackle things however you want. And like I said, that led to a lot of emergent gameplay that other games wish that they had. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to see some more just general enemy types. I want to say there was like five or six in Breath oh, of the Wild. So, you know, like that's like a point we didn't talk about it, but the enemy yeah. types in Breath of the Wild did feel really repetitive. But if you think about it, there are like, there are quite a few. And it's similar, like, again, into the uh, uh, original game. So you have like the, we don't have to count them all, but like yeah. there's, a, there's like a dozen or so. And they come in different varieties, but because you, there's the world so they can see them so often, they feel it feels like a really small pool. That's otherwise yeah, that's, I exactly that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you, for a you're while, amazed. It like the me, first but... time you run into it, you're like, like I remember the first time seeing a Lionel, I was like, he's oh yeah, scary oh, it was looking. the scariest thing. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I he's staring at me. I don't know what I should do. And then like after that, like you kind of just see it, and you're like, oh, there's a Lionel. I should maybe go. To well, the I never West got a to that point. More if I don't want to fight it. They were always a challenge, and I would always try to avoid them. One time I just bumped <laughs> yeah. into one by accident because I was coming around a corner, and there was one that was just there, and I didn't see him. And it was, like, Stand the scariest up. thing that ever happened. I will say yeah. the, 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 there being the bosses in the world were awesome, and the Ganon Blight bosses in the dungeons were meh. Yeah, they were meh. Yeah, like, I, I, think, I think more interesting bosses. And, like... I, I loved the ones in the world. Like, they were so cool. Like, because you would just stumble across, like, that oh, I'm mining, cool. I'm mining for rocks, and all of a sudden, like, one comes to life. And that that all goes back to, I feel like, just that open world's done right, though. Like, the, yeah. the entire, all, everything in the environment is interactive, I, I including, the like, bosses time, and enemies. I remember yeah, the just, first time I saw, the, uh, there were skele- just skeletons around. And I was like, oh, whatever, let's just fill out the world or whatever. And then you're, you're around them and nighttime happens, they reanimate and come to life. And I remember that being really scary too. Uh, the first time I yeah. saw that. I, uh, I know that um, Nintendo did a great job elevating my blood pressure with the song that plays every time I saw a guardian. <laughs> oh, that song. <laughs> I was it's like, no, it's so terrifying. The you piano. can put that over anything and I'm immediately going to have like PTSD and get scared. I do, I do love guardians. They were a great... Um, barometer for how strong you were feeling as a character yeah. because for, for the beginning of the game they're just the most scary things mm-hmm. but at a certain point i got a little bit more comfortable like kind of yeah. like, oh, maybe i'll try fighting because usually i just ran away um but like yeah and then towards the end of the game i'm just eating them for breakfast i was like <laughs> i need all their parts so i can upgrade this gear you know but like that was a cool natural way because uh, they because for a long part of the game they were always a threat oh yeah so, but on that note, honestly, that's one of the things that we haven't talked about that I would uh, absolutely want to see in Breath of the Wild too. You mentioned gear. I don't want any destructible weapons. I want my weapons to stay. Like I at least give, want the option. Like if you're gonna something. do destructible gear, I'd like there to be an option. Like even if it's super convoluted and hard to where I could upgrade it and maybe yes. keep yes. it. Because yes. I would break run into anymore. stuff I, I think... loved and I just wouldn't use it because I'm like, I don't want it to break. That's right. It's Skyward Sword did, yeah. Yeah, and I would I would love for them to take that the concept of durability and like openness where you can pick up anything and use it as a weapon. I keep that. That's fine. You know, pick up a branch and like a couple wax later it breaks. But like if I forge a super cool sword or I find one like embedded in the skull of a 
a, a dead, you know, Titan in the desert, which is a thing you can find. Like there's that big skull and there's a sword on it. Yeah. This sword breaks like every other sword. So it doesn't yeah. feel like, you know, like at first you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then, and then it breaks. Yeah, it's something special. I mean, I- even like the hero weapons and stuff broke. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even use them. I collected the hero stuff and I put it in my house. I, I did the Because I was like, <laughs> I know you can go back and get it again. Like if you go talk to them. But like, honestly, I don't even... Like it's almost not even worth it. Right. I love. Right. The, I, I say I love the idea of durable weapons because it kind of because the whole point of the game, the whole thesis for the game is like you have to survive, and that's one of the things is like you kind of need to always be it, it, like on the hunt for some new stuff, and kind of forced. Like I never would have used the boomerangs and stuff like that. <laughs> I will say, um, I, they should last a little bit longer. Um, you should be able to use. It's another thing you can start collecting is like another thing you can use for like material you collect is you can forge them in different ways. Um, I don't think you, maybe you can make them permanent, but you can make them really durable. And I think they should have like a durability meter. I know it's not immersive in the world, but like- Oh, that's the other problem. It's like, let us, yeah. Yeah, let us know. Cause then we can go get them fixed. But like that might be something something cool. Like you can level up your own uh, blacksmithing skills or something. Like it's another thing you can do. Um, You can get this, you can get around this problem really easily where you can, you can have your durability and you can have your survival, you know, know, set up where you have to scrounge and find the tools in the field, but have it be like Morgan was saying, like a quest where you can enchant maybe like two items, right? Like pick two swords that you can enchant and that's yours forever. Or like, you know, you can do it as many times as you want, but it's difficult every time, you know, like just give us, give us something to earn and keep so that the the rewards feel more permanent than uh, this was neat for a few minutes. But then I, I, mean, I wouldn't even be mad if they throw. threw in a couple weapons like the Master Sword was, where it had to charge. Even then, I'd be like, okay, well, then I, was... I have to be selective with it, but at least yeah. I know, like, I can't I... use it just once. I defended that. I was like, well, the Master Sword doesn't break, but it is annoying. You know, it, is. it takes too long. That, that should be the one thing in the game that does it. Right. <laughs> See, but, but if it did, that's all you would use. Yeah, but that's fine because you got to the end of the game. You earned it. Yeah, right? like, that's kind of my You can't start with it, right? I would say, uh, what would you guys think of, of trying, uh, increasing your durability to say something like Korok Seeds? instead of them giving you a piece of poop at the end of it. Like that's something, that's another thing you could spend them on is like the Koroks do some sort of enchantment. Right, yeah, you could do that. That's fine. Cause then you're, yeah, you're again, something and, on the yeah. side that's like not easy cause you don't want to let people just, you yeah, know, of course. enchant everything like they pick up, but kind of like how, at least how you spend the option them on to the, do it to a couple. Kind of like how you spend them on um, uh, like your inventory upgrades as it is, they have an increasing cost each time. So you still have to be judicious with what you want. Like, you're not going to get, like, your rusty sword. Like, that's not worth spending, you know, 30 Korok seeds on. Right. Because it also bump up the next thing to be more expensive. I mean, something like that could definitely work. I don't know if either of you played it, but uh, there was a weapon system in Final Fantasy VII Remake that I thought was phenomenal. Because it, it's the first time that I've ever seen an RPG try to tackle the the problem of, well, how do we... How do we overcome the fact that the weapons that you get are only useful for like five or ten minutes until you get a new powerful weapon, right? Like some games lean into that, like uh, Borderlands or Diablo, and they're just constantly throwing new weapons at you, so it doesn't matter. But like other games, like Final Fantasy VII has weapons that people are fond of. They could become functionally useless after a point, right? This weapon system 
allowed you to upgrade uh, the weapons themselves. So the weapons would get like a sort of experience points that you could spend to improve certain like innate stats. Like this weapon gives you an extra material slot or plus 10% HP or uh, plus 10% critical hits. And you could decide how you wanted to spend those points and, and level up the weapon. And you could even do it like you could wipe it and then re-roll it. Uh, but it meant that even the Buster Sword was viable at the end of the game. Or not. You didn't have to use it. Yeah. Like, you could use all of the weapons along the way, and some of them were like, they had more perks that would make you better at magic or physical or, or defense or something, so you could spec out a, like a specific kind of character. Or you could go with the one you like, look the coolest, and just like mm. add stuff to it to compensate. So yeah. I like that system. I'd love to see something like that in a Zelda game, where they let you like decide which weapon you do want to use throughout it. Yeah. Um, give you a degree of customization because yeah. i love the i love the master sword design i think it's so cool i hate in uh a link to the past it's one of the few things i don't like about it that you to upgrade it you have to turn it into like a, a red sword <laughs> i like yeah. the red sword i like the yeah. uh, before <laughs> exactly i like the cool looking one <laughs> yeah yeah and like the master sword might be cool if like it had an upgrade like that like because it's a sequel you might even just start with it but i'd be cool with like all right, so it still has its annoying cooldown thing, but like mm -hmm. maybe you can collect like um, they had it in like Breath of the Wild, like some sort of like Orichalum types, like Master Or is what I think it was called. Yeah, so you could use it to upgrade it. Maybe by the end of the game, like it just works all the time. Right, that would be cool. Yeah. How about you, Scott? What do you want to? What else do you want to see? I mean, really, dungeons are the main thing I kind of want to add. Um, I mean, like I said, like especially thinking about it now, because I mean, even when I was playing it, I was like, oh, there's so many things I'm missing. But like talking about it now, like. I don't want it to change that drastically. I just kind of want more classic Zelda stuff in it. I know while I was playing yeah. it, I was annoyed by the yeah. by the dungeons and the lack of music, but that kind of doesn't really bother me as much. Um, I thought that was going to be one of my biggest complaints because the Zelda music was, I mean, it's iconic. It, it, yeah. Right off the bat, the very first song in the very first game is just like, it, it hits you in the face with how cool and memorable it is. And I really expected to miss that. And then I didn't as much. I really haven't even so thought well about done. that. The songs it, it has are good. So well um, but it's going for like a more minimalist, like ambient mm -hmm. thing. So it's 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 not bad. It's just what the game is going for. Um, yeah, I they did didn't want to annoy really you the entire time by playing the same, you know, obnoxious song over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would like, now that you say that, I would like an option you know, like maybe there is like a music mode, right? Where you can have a more traditional video game soundtrack to it. It could be uh, an app you get for your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get oh, a, but get I had, a, yeah, yeah, it's your, for your chic pad. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, he's got a uh, Spotify on there. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's exactly how they should do it. Uh, but I, I just played a game recently that uh, has, has a similar Zelda setup, like very much Zelda inspired called Nier Automata. I don't know if either of you have played that. I'm aware of it. I haven't played it. It was on my list for a very long time, and I finally played it. And that game is very much a Zelda map, right? You know, there's a section here, there's a desert over here, and there's a sunken city over here, and there's a town over here, and there's a hub that you move through. Um, but that has music almost constantly, and it constantly plays with the idea of the music, too. Like, there's a song that'll play. And then... I don't want to spoil anything, but like something happens in the game and it's the same song. The lyrics are different now. 
but like it's always playing, you know, like an overworld song. And it's, I think you can have the, the constant music without destroying the, the ambiance of whatever you're trying to the, go for. Um, so the is, opera boss is what sticks out. Well, I was about <laughs> to say, did, did you guys play the, the Doom reboot? What was it, 2016? Oh yeah, I just beat Doom Eternal this week, actually. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm waiting to pick up Doom them. Eternal. But, uh, but that had a, had a soundtrack. That music. <laughs> well, that has a soundtrack that would so change. And there's like 30 different versions of each song, depending on yes. what weapons you're using, um, what demons show up. So like you can have like it, obviously we don't have to go so hardcore metal for Zelda, but you can have these, <laughs> Why not? Like, these like living um, responsive soundtracks to it for for yeah. what's going on. And then when not much is going on, it can kind of settle down and go into it's more yeah. like plonky piano stuff that they were doing. Um, yeah, I think that's how you do it. You could do you could have like a lot of different variants on the songs, and then you know keep it contextually uh, appropriate, but you know still get more classic Zelda tunes in there. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just love think, like yeah. Wind Waker. It was like each island had their own soundtrack. Like I could hear it in my head, and I'm immediately like, "Oh, that's Windfall Island." Oh, wait, that's Dragon Roots. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I like know. I even if they did it in like um, I know like they they did it a little different in certain areas in this game. Like I remember being in like the snowier areas, and it's kind of quiet. And like they yeah. did that, but I wish it was like you're saying, like a little more diverse, where you're like, like that hits you a little bit more. That like, yeah. oh, I've just walked into a new area and now, you know. I think it would go a long way towards solving the problem of those forgettable sections too, because music is such a strong way to tie a memory to something that you know you the original Zelda music again like you hear the start of that it's like you're yeah. instantly transported like you can almost see the screen in your head you know uh the Hyrule overworld music uh is just iconic and again yeah. like it creates these memories as you hear it but in because you don't have that so much in Breath of the Wild you don't get those memories you know and when they do when like classic like unique music does show up it almost like solidifies like Again, it's the Hyrule Castle in the center has that incredible soundtrack. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, uh, and it's like when you get to it, you almost forgot that there hadn't been music through yeah. most of the season. You're like, oh, exactly. Damn. Like when you go, for example, when you go to the Rito Village, it's the, the Dragon Roost Island song. Yeah. Instead of being like kind of this upbeat tropical thing is because now they're like, um, like in like a, a mountainy area. It's got kind of a different vibe to it. I'm like, oh, this mm -hmm. is really cool. I didn't yeah. realize that the, the horse tables was a Pona song until sometimes Cass is there and then he plays the rest of the, basically finishes the song with his accordion. I'm like, oh, that's right. Yep. <laughs> right, Not but it is so minimal. Be old exactly. Songs, but like, I can remember, like I, I can remember where song changes occurred in like different instances and areas, but like most of them, I couldn't even tell you like what the song was or like how <laughs> it went or anything. Right. But I feel like in a lot of Zelda games, it's like, it'll be stuck in your head for like a month. Like you can recite it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, I think we solved Breath of the Wild too. So. All right, cool. <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo, where's yes. money, please? Um, <laughs> where, well, is that Just drop a few iconic dungeons in Breath of the Wild 1. Refresh the story a little bit. And like, like I feel like, like I'd be a happy camper. <laughs> like yeah, that's... they don't have to change a lot, really. Yeah, no. it's like I said, it's still a great game. Like, I've actually been like feeling an itch to replay it for the better part of the last year. Me too. Um, Very I recently. I, I didn't get the, the DLC, so... Because I got it for I Wii U. I didn't buy a Switch when it first came out. 
I did get the DLC. Yes, yeah, so I, I did too. I, I didn't finish yet. it. Yeah, I. It's I, hard. Yeah, I got to. Was it released in two waves? Yeah. DLC? There I got I got to the second wave some other thing. where you're going back through each area and I think there was like one of the do you replay the bosses? I'm trying to remember what exactly you do. I didn't, I didn't get past the first DLC. It was just so oh. hard. It's where you have to use that weapon that has a, that reduces your hearts to one. So you can oh yep, like yep, one hit. yep. And oh you have to, you can only do stealth because like all out combat yep. is instant death. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I didn't get very far. I, I got like the three areas done, and then there was one uh, that I just never did. I got. Oh, it. I had. I did have one more question about Yo, this. Up? How did you both feel about the voice acting? It was okay. I wasn't really wild with the performances. I was barely even in the game. So I kind of forgot about it most of the time. And then all of a sudden Zelda talks in this like fake British accent. I'm like, oh yeah, there's voice acting. <laughs> That's right. She did have a British accent. I, I like that there was voice acting. Uh, I like that they played around with Link not talking. You know, like I always love when they get cheeky with that because yeah. it's one of those things where he's got to be saying something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> What's he yeah. saying, you know? <laughs> but the thing is, yeah. So as long as Link doesn't talk, I really don't care. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I like I I thought the voice acting was fine and I was happy to have it. I just don't have Link talk. Keep yeah. I I was I was open to it and it's like one of those things that kind of like caught me off guard each time. Like you went into <laughs> a scenario, like I was like I kind of did the same thing. I was like, "Oh, wait, you guys talk now." And it kind of like initially made me a little <laughs> uncomfortable, but I'm just like that Nintendo games like um, I've, I've said this to Scott before, like, uh, in the new Luigi's Mansion, Mario saying anything besides Mario makes me yeah. super uncomfortable. <laughs> I just, like, don't you like don't, it. Yeah. No, yeah. Sometimes Luigi will say things where I'm like, that's stretching the belief. <laughs> I'm what? just like, you're not supposed to say anything else besides your name. <laughs> so if you guys let's ever, go. <laughs> if you guys ever meet Charles Martinet, uh, he'll talk to you in, like, his character voices. I'm like, please don't. Oh, man. I, have, I met him. Yeah. He said my name in the Mario voice before, and I was like, I literally told him, I was like, I can die happy now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I my kids, I have a Mario voice that I do, and my kids will demand that I do it. And uh, Scott's heard it before because yeah, I, I, I used to say it in the store all the time, but I'm not going to do it now because it's not good. But uh, no, otherwise, yeah, I agree. There are times when you're like, mm, I kind of, <laughs> can you go back to? but no i i liked it i hope that, i'm sure there's gonna be more oh, i'm sure I, it's I'm coming excited. back once that yeah. cat's out of the bag you can't put it back in I think. yeah you yeah. can't really just make them all silent now like oh yeah. they they took a couple uh pages out of link's book and they decided they're not talking anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's all silent protagonists um <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. unless there's anything else you guys want to bring up Breath of the Wild related. Um, we went long again. We always go long. I always say this is going to be an hour. It's always at least an hour and a half. Um, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the, the whole reason we do the show is like, hey, here's a bunch of things I want to talk about. Here's some people <laughs> I want to talk about it with. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's entertaining for people. Um, but yeah, saying. with that, uh, Morgan, where can people find you online? Um, I'm pretty much... Uh, Moglin, uh, it's M-O-A-G-L-I-N uh, on all my social media or Moglin XX on 
I think Twitter. Everything else is Moglin. You can find me there and all my cosplay fun stuff. And I'm always on your pages too, creeping around. <laughs> so worst comes to worst, just look there. No problem. Um, Sean and I are obviously from Level Up Entertainment, you know, comic and video game store in the Hamilton Mall in Mays Landing, New Jersey. You can find us at uh, levelupentertainment.com. And we're like Level Up Entertainment on just about every form of social media or like Level Up Ent for short. Yeah. Um, right now we're doing Free Comic Book Summer every Wednesday. Uh, some of the books that would have been for Free Comic Book Day are released. Come to the store. They're free with any purchase. We have uh, some Source Point Press graphic novel giveaways that we give away every week. So just come in and that's a free entry for that. Um, in addition to that, you know, shoplevelup.com is our web store. We can do mailing and curbside if you're not comfortable coming out for COVID. Uh, the COVID's made me a huge germaphobe, so the store is kept very, very clean. It's a good um, thing to be right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, but I understand if you don't feel safe, you know, coming out, don't, you don't want to risk it, don't risk it. We have we all kinds of ways to get you stuff, get our stuff to you. Yeah. Um, obviously, this podcast is a thing, shared around. We're on YouTube, Spotify. I submitted to iTunes like a month ago, and I still haven't heard anything. <laughs> So, but we are available. We're also on SoundCloud. Um, if there's any place where you want to listen to podcasts that I didn't mention, uh, let me know. Um, either comment on any of these web zones where this is, or send us an email at contact at leveluppentertainment.com. Uh, if you have a topic you'd like to see us tackle in a future episode, please leave a comment or contact us again at contact at leveluppentertainment.com. Our topic for next week, uh, we're going to be talking about the new baseball season. Um, what baseball season? Yeah, this, this new short ba- baseball season. Uh, I'm mostly can, I'm hosting that and I'm putting that in quotes. I'm mostly going to be there to hit uh, record. Um, uh-huh. But uh, our our friends Greg, Harry, and Joey are huge baseball guys, and uh, yeah, hearing yeah. them talk I knew about exactly it, who it was going to be before. Yeah, you hearing them talk about it, it's a lot of fun. So I think uh, you know it is. I, I think I think it's going to be a good episode. I kind of this is the first one I selfishly just want to listen to, but I'll still be there just as a, to, to ask layman questions. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to sign us, you know, that's going to take us for, uh, it's the last announcement for this episode. I'd like to thank our guests again for generously giving us their time. Um, um, but yeah, until then, until next time, guys, uh, be safe out there. <laughs>